Welcome to Business Resilience Decoded. I am your host, Vanessa Von Matthews, the Founder and Chief Resilience Officer of Esfalis Advisors. Today, I'm so excited because we have an accomplished guest that's going to be speaking on the topic of the importance of nonprofit and government partnerships for small business success. And none other to join this conversation is Kevin Dick, a great friend and a community leader. He's the President and CEO of the Carolina Small Business Development Fund. Kevin. Thank you so much for joining. Vanessa, what a pleasure it is to have this opportunity. Really appreciate you um, posting this uh, in general and having me on today. As I told you, I think I was watching one of your last podcasts uh, on LinkedIn and I immediately DM'd you and I said, I need to be on this podcast and you fit me in like right away. So that was great. I'm really happy to be here. Absolutely. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do at the Carolina Small Business Development Fund? So as Chief Executive Officer, um, I've been on board about 10 months. It has been a wild ride. I started my job on February 10th. A month and a half later, we were out of the office and I kind of stood there scratching my head saying, you know, was it something I said? Where did everybody go? Um, and obviously this, um, this pandemic has really forced us all to pivot. No one understands that better than you, uh, given what you do at S. Wallace. But Carolina Small Business Development Fund is a 30-year-old organization. We started out as the North Carolina Minority Support Center and uh, ultimately rebranded in 2017 as the Carolina Small Business Development Fund. We do three main things. We lend money to small businesses. And increasingly during the pandemic, we've also been granting money. I'll talk more about that later. We also do a lot of business technical assistance. So really helping small businesses with the knowledge and, and uh, operational knowledge uh, they need to better operate their small businesses, be more profitable, be more efficient and so forth, and learn how to access capital. And finally, we engage in policy and research a lot. So we always want to keep major stakeholders in the community, whether that be elected officials, philanthropic organizations, small business owners, uh, other governmental agencies. We want to keep them informed about the impact that small businesses are having in North Carolina's economy, uh, as well as the impacts that events like the pandemic or natural disasters can have on small businesses and why small businesses need to be a priority when it comes to policy development and implementation. Wow. So I heard access to capital. I heard business acumen. I heard grants, loans, policy research. So so essentially, if you're in North Carolina, you need money and you're a business owner, you need to call Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, Vanessa. No pressure. No pressure. All right. So as you know, Kevin, I'm in the crisis management space. What, what is the crisis that your industry is facing and why? Getting our state, specifically in our case, our small businesses to the other side of this pandemic. I have kind of adopted a phrase during the last 10 months. So you can't teach a person to swim when they're drowning. Right now, small businesses have been drowning. You know, uh, there was a study that was uh, published in the Federal Reserve Bank between February and April of 2020, 41% of Black businesses were eliminated by the pandemic, 32% of Hispanic businesses, 
17% of white owned businesses. So there's a lot of messages in what I just said. One, there are serious levels of decline amongst a lot of small businesses. Two, there are equity components associated with that. So the pandemic impacts businesses owned by people of color even more adversely than it impacts white small businesses. But across the board, everyone has this issue. So with Carolina Small Business Development Fund, we're a statewide organization. We lend money to small businesses owned by people of all races, both genders, in urban areas, rural areas, veterans, non-veterans. We will close our thousandth loan in 2020. We started lending to small businesses in 2010. We probably work in about 75% of North Carolina's 100 counties. We um, have been very active in the pandemic in terms of the, the, the crisis that this industry is facing. I would say Carolina small business and a lot of the com uh, community development financial institutions throughout the country are all tasked with helping small businesses or still be able, being able to create affordable housing in the midst of um, a really uncertain economy. So that's the, the main crisis point. Well, I mean, Kevin, you kind of just laid it on out there, sir. As a business owner myself, it's been interesting to see um, how different companies were impacted by the executive orders, depending on what state you lived in, um, as well as, you know, to your point earlier, the business acumen right. and really understanding how to navigate um, the different dynamics of the, of the access to capital specifically that was coming out from, you know, federal nonprofits, et cetera. So I guess that, that kind of leads us in, into our next question. Um, can you help us understand why government, nonprofit, and corporate partnerships are so important? Vanessa, I think that right now more than ever, all of those sectors recognize the importance of small businesses. And so they all need to band together to help fix the problem. And what we've been able to do over the last 10 months in partnership with a lot of governmental and private organizations, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really proud of my team. It's really important from the governmental uh, perspective because small businesses serve as the, the spinal cord, if you will, of a community, right? There's so much about the character of a community. Think about, think about in Charlotte. Think about some of those community businesses that you come to know as staples in a community, right? You know, whether you're talking about West End Seafood on Beatty's Ford Road, or if you want to talk about Manolo's Bakery on Central Avenue, Freshwater's Restaurant on Grand, Snoopy's. These are places, are, they're all small businesses, and they're all institutions in their communities. When these kinds of businesses leave a community, it leaves a significant vacuum. But like a lot of, a, a significant percentage of our loan port portfolio, all of the businesses I just mentioned depend heavily on customer traffic, in-person interaction. And during the pandemic, you can't have as much of that. So uh, governments recognize that they've got to save small businesses like that. One, to help preserve the character of their communities. Two, because it's, a, it's an economic development and math argument. Those, those uh, businesses pay sales taxes. That revenue helps fund the government. When those businesses can no longer pay sales taxes because they're closed, 
that's a revenue loss for the government. And then at this, and that's local government. That doesn't even include the income tax loss from this at the state and federal government. So that's why small businesses are important as, as well as the fact that they employ people. So jobs, jobs are being lost when small businesses close. What we've been able to do is partner with both local and state government during this pandemic. I'll tell you about a few examples. April, we already had formed a partnership with Mecklenburg County government. We were managing a revolving loan fund for, for the, the county government. And when the pandemic, it was clear the pandemic was going to take hold. We worked with Mecklenburg County to design an emergency stabilization loan fund. Since we launched that program in April, we've been able to deploy over $4.5 million in capital to 212 businesses throughout Mecklenburg County. When we started to have a lot of traction in that program, say the, about around the springtime, the city of Raleigh noticed, and they asked us to come in and manage a grant fund for them. And with the city of Raleigh, we've been able to help over 180 businesses with about 1.4 million in capital. Public-private partnerships, we talk about the, how corporate the corporate sector helps with this. What was really ingenious that the city of Raleigh did, they allocated some public money, but the mayor made a call and was able to attract corporate giants to the table. There are too many for me to mention anyone specifically, but over 40 businesses answered that call. Mm -hmm. And whereas the city had allocated about $855,000, we were able to add over 500,000 of that. So instead of serving 110 businesses with an average grant size of about 7,000 or 7,500, we were able to add another 70 businesses because of the corporate presence. And when we started that in the city of Raleigh, the city and county of Durham noticed. And Durham said, you know, we don't necessarily have the ability to administer a grant fund like Raleigh's doing, but we can partner with a very significant private partner in Durham. You might've heard of him, Duke University. And Duke basically said, hey, we'll allocate a million dollars as part of this effort. We will match the city and county's effort. The city and county put forth 1.8 million, Duke put up 1 million. Then we had a $2.8 million grant and loan fund I'm, I'm proud to say we're about exhausted of the million dollars in grants, and that's helped 140 businesses in Durham. We've also done another 25 in lo another 25 loans, so that's been about another 600,000, and we've got more money to lend. And, and then finally, the state government noticed too, and they said, "Well, we we really need to get money out to our supply chain." We need to get money out to businesses that are certified to do business with the state, namely historically underutilized businesses or hub businesses and disadvantaged business enterprises, businesses that are um, organized and uh, certified to do business on federally funded projects. In the space of six weeks, we've been able to deploy over $5 million to over 270 businesses, and we've got a not-for-profit partner, the Institute for Minority Economic Development, that's done another 300 or so businesses. So together, we've deployed $10 million since October in this program. So look, if I was in a Baptist church, I would have a tambourine and I'd be running around the church screaming. <laughs> like, 
you might be doing that to say, hey, to give me the hook because I talk too long. Well, a, a key word that you use is public-private partnerships. And in our discipline, that's something that we understand. And I, I remember back when Craig Fugate was a director of, of FEMA and, and he was very uh, driven and intentional about the importance of private sector involvement. And when disasters happen, local government cannot take care of everything. To your point, without jobs and without revenue, we don't really have a local government, right? the people have to help fulfill that. And so it's on us as business leaders, um, we have a responsibility when it comes to the recovery of, of what happened with COVID-19. The challenge is, is that this crisis wasn't a hurricane. It was really more of an economic development crisis. <laughs> and so now we have different people that are taking front stage and that are having to lead and guide. But for those of you who are business leaders, you have a responsibility, whether you're a small business, whether you are a private business, you just heard Kevin lay out what, what him and his team are doing from a CDFI perspective. Kevin, are there other CDFIs and other locations that our subscribers may be able to tap into? Absolutely. There are a number, by the way, in North Carolina, community development financial institutions. These are organizations that are chartered by the U.S. Department of Treasury to lend money and provide resources in underserved communities. The Small Business Administration, you know, while we've been doing this, this local stuff, we've heard these initials over and over again, PPP, EIDL, you know, these are resources. The EIDL continues to be a potential resource for small businesses. There are a number of access points for small businesses. One of the things we knew was a challenge for small businesses over the summer was actually when all of these things were in the marketplace, it, it almost became overwhelming and confusing. And so one of the things our organization and others do is try to help small businesses navigate this landscape of all of these resources. So y'all, this is what I would say. Kevin just came in here and dropped the mic. So now I have to pick it back up from the ground. <laughs> so I know we're coming up on our time. How can our listeners find you and your organization? Carolinasmallbusiness.org online. And um, uh, my marketing communications person will kill me because I don't have all of these handles memorized. I'm sorry. But if you start with carolinasmallbusiness.org, you can find information on all our programs and services. Awesome. Well, there you have it. Thanks for tuning in to Business Resilience Decoded with the Disaster Recovery Journal and Asphalus Advisors. Subscribe, share, download, and look out for future episodes.